0: This is Bridge Street, and I'm Steve Chernosky. This episode is going to be more freeform because I had to strategically schedule the episodes I had planned and realized I would have a big gap in them due to guest availability. As a teacher, I realized the summer is usually good for me, but even in a pandemic, uh, it's not as great for others. So let's talk about school and remote and in-person and every parent's kind of nightmare part two. With many districts across the country preferring to begin the year remotely, I figured I would offer my insights as a parent of elementary school-aged children, as well as a middle school teacher who has been doing this for over 20 years. I will note that when my wife was informed yesterday, August 18th, that she will be remote. She's a guidance counselor in an elementary school. And as of today, the 19th, I'm scheduled to go in for four days, with Wednesday being the remote day. And my elementary children are going in for all five days in person as of right now. Uh, We're in Lamberville in Hunterdon County, and right across River New Hope, they're beginning remotely. So, you know, the the dividing line kind of always reminds you it exists in real life from time to time. By the way, this could all change by Monday the 24th after board meetings. So... Even though I've been a teacher for a long time, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not even an expert on childhood development. Although I took a lot of classes, I would not consider myself an expert. Um, For example, there's been a lot of debate on the effect of screen times, uh, the the increased screen time on kids' uh, brains. I've read a lot on it, but I've also usually taught in a computer room too. And our household kind of threw all those rules out during the spring quarantine. So please take everything I say just from my own personal experience. Uh, that noted, I do think there are some things that I could offer to be as insight. If you are a parent or a teacher or an app developer or a policy wonk, etc., that might be useful. Uh, one goal I have with this solo episode, I will not be interviewing anyone, is to maybe see if there are any questions listeners listener ask that I can follow up on or just build a bigger discussion on. Uh, sometimes having more questions than answers can be a good thing. It can lead to better trial and error and experimentation to see what works for you and your kids and your household and your sanity. So with that, uh, I uh, I came up with just five things that I guess really stuck out to me as a teacher and a parent. And I know those of you who are parents, hey, uh, can I just say that I hope you're imagining your vacation alone Without your kids someday. I hope you have picked the spot. I hope it's in your mind. If you got to go and you have family in the area. And like you have grandparents that took the kids. I'm extremely jealous. Uh, you know my, my wife and I will probably not be away from our children for all of 2020. Uh, but look I mean this is probably a very privileged thing to say. that There's been families like that who have never had that out. So... Um, By the way, I taught about that. My kids used to have to plan mythological vacations on spreadsheets, but that's another story. And I always tried to emphasize that point, but now that point is coming back in a very personal level for a lot of people. Uh, Anyway, what I would like to do is just share five things that came to me uh, that I wanted to share that might help people out there. Um, Number one was the most annoying thing for me as a Parent during the quarantine, educating both children who were in second and kindergarten, was having to photograph assignments and email them to teachers. This was awful. Um, luckily, I knew how to do it. I, I don't even understand how other parents uh, got by. Uh, so look, I mean, every teacher was great. They gave us a lot of printouts. So Sunday night we would get them, or Monday morning, and we would print them out. Luckily, we got invested in a good printer. I also realized that. A lot of people don't have printers um, or bad printers. Uh, You know, my printer doesn't work is the new my dog ate my homework. And that's from my teacher point of view. I have been seeing this from kids for 10 years uh, is that they really were really going online. But elementary kids who have to practice handwriting, that was very difficult. They needed a pen and paper. So what I would say is uh, we ended up having to take a lot of pictures of their work on our phones and then find the teacher, especially if this was a special teacher, like a music teacher, an art teacher, like art was a big one. Like we had to say, who's the art teacher? What's her name? What's her email? And then we would have to use our phones and then email with the Gmail or Yahoo Mail app or whatever, you know, app you have on your phone. uh, And then type, spell their name correctly and into the email and then do it that way. Uh, One thing I would say is uh, if you're a Teacher uses Google Classroom or another you know website like Zoom. Uh, I would get these apps on your phone. Uh, you know, Seesaw is the other one I, I mentioned. Zoom it wasn't Zoom. It was Seesaw. Is I would get the app on your phone, and I would see how you can stream like that. Like the Google, Google Classroom app uh, is very good, and if you have to take a photo on your own phone, uh, you could just email it through there and save yourself a step. And then you don't even have to worry about spelling teachers' emails or not. Uh, The other thing I would say is putting the teachers' emails uh, at the beginning of the year, all the specials, so we're talking music, PE, anything, put them in in your Gmail as an address and have them there so that they easily come up every time you plug it in. Another option is to have the kids take the photos themselves. Uh, This depends on how much you trust them with your phones. Middle school and high school children already have their own phones for the most part. Even in uh, disadvantaged communities, I found uh, this has been the case. But one of the skills you can actually teach your children is to how to take a good photograph with your phones. Um, Their motor skills aren't up to snuff, obviously, but you can teach them, like if they have to take a picture of their drawing for art, you can teach them about lighting. You can teach them about framing the photo, cropping the image, And I'm not saying to give them free access over your phone. Personally, I would be very nervous about that. It depends on how much you trust your children. But if you want to give your children your phone and teach them how to take better photographs, that's a skill. Um, I I taught that uh, in a seventh grade class called Visual visual Communications. So that might be something you decide. Like, I want to give my child a skill. and, And look, I need to work. So they can take the photos of their assignments. I will see the photos on my phone, and I will ask them what is due, and I will send them to the teachers, whether via the Google Classroom app or the Gmail That brings me into logging out of your personal accounts. So our kids had Chromebooks from the school, and it depends on your situation. Sometimes, though, before that happened, uh, our kids were using our personal computers to do assignments. And sometimes this just happens. Uh, you've, you forgot to charge the laptop overnight, and you're like, and, and, and the teacher's going live. Uh, one thing I would always suggest is to log out of your personal accounts. Uh, I, I even had this problem today. Um, so I was in a Google Meet and I was on my own personal Gmail account and it wasn't letting me in. And I, it, it, even at the middle school level where these kids are pretty tech savvy, I had a lot of kids I did deny because they were trying to come into the Google Meet via their own personal gmail accounts or yahoo or whatever it was and so you need to make sure that when your child is on a computer that that school account is the only one logged on and i know it's a pain and it's an extra step and we we need less steps right now during quarantine that would one be one thing i would highly recommend is to log out of all of your personal accounts on your phone it becomes difficult which is why i would personally not ever give at my kid's age third and first now rain over my phone. It would just be, okay, let's try the third grader. Let's try to see how you can take pictures and how your motor skills are, are now. Um so that 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 would be a two for me. Uh three would be PE or music and the specials can be your friend. Um for a lot of us it became an extra. Like, okay, let's just focus on the language arts and the and the uh the math and, and, and all of that. Uh but there's a reason these classes exist. Uh, it's to de-stress us and enliven us and to give us different skills. And I will come back to that point. Remember, when it's all said and done, our job as teachers and your job as parents doing this online is to give your child skills. If you don't complete every single assignment, well, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna go against your teachers, I would including me, I would say get the assignments done. But at the end of the day, our job is to give your kids skills that they can apply later in their life. And hopefully someone will pay them to do these skills. I've never lost sight of that overwhelming ideal. Um, And you need breaks, too. So the specials, PE, music, um, art, these are skills. And use them as your friend. Uh, Find out what your kids like and have them do that and even have them do extensions of that. Uh, our children, uh, the, my daughter in kindergarten loved the music. Uh, both of our kids enjoyed the PE so much. I thought the PE teacher, it, look, online education, PE really works. I, I was in a workshop on the Thursday before we closed down. There were five teachers from my school in that workshop and it was all about how to do screencastify, which I've used like weekly, uh, And there was a pe teacher and 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 i i told him i was like wow man this is kind of really set up for you to succeed online pe works i i felt it was a nice break for us and if the kids can be self-guided with the instructor on the pe it is great it gets their energy out again i i said earlier i'm not an expert but if uh there is a study that i did read that doing math right after physical activity is a great thing to do. So if you wanna do the PE and then do your math right away, it's a good one-two punch. Um, my son you know, did breakdancing at sometimes. So like, let's say the PE lesson though is only 10 minutes and you're like, gosh, I need a half hour. I just, I, I need to take the Zoom call for my business. Then there is sometimes other extensions. There's, on YouTube, there's a play next button, which will do a similar video. Uh, But maybe you can just find like a longer video, even on, you know, your cable or whatnot on Netflix uh, to do. Now, I will warn you about that could also be a bad thing. And that's my number four is that uh, YouTube, when we got a lot of YouTube links from our kindergarten and our uh, and and I and our second grade teacher uh, last year. And I, as a middle school teacher, did provide a lot of YouTube links. Now YouTube has this thing on the right bar where uh, there are a lot of, um, you know, watch next videos and related videos. And I will say our daughter got extremely distracted by this. So she would watch the videos. It was this, this musical guy who would teach them about math and science. He was great. I mean, I, I forget his name offhand, but he was amazing. But on the sidebar, uh, there were all these related videos and she would click on them. and. <laughs> You know while we're busy I'm teaching live upstairs and my wife is downstairs on a conference call you know our daughters watching these videos of you know people playing with dolls and like you know it was cute I mean it wasn't inappropriate it was just like it was like a channel trying to sell you stuff and and um, there are ad blocks you can do to get rid of that sidebar uh, on your uh, on your YouTube. Uh, you could also maybe go into incognito mode on Google Chrome. That would be, especially if you have a Chromebook, you could maybe look to go into incognito mode, although that's not gonna save any of your passwords. But um, that was kind of an annoying thing of teaching is those videos up next with YouTube. So if YouTube, if anybody listens, if you your education, if you can ban those for students who are logged on with an EDU or an org account from a school, that'd be phenomenal. Um, I, we, it was a distraction overall, even though sometimes it could keep them occupied longer, which it did. So it was kind of like pick your evil, I guess you could say. And and the last thing I know I've been a while is, um, this is, uh, probably made our kids try to grow up earlier. And, uh, I I will say like for probably 80% of my middle school students, they seem to yeah, you know, there. most of them are from wealthier backgrounds, very educated, independent already from 11 to 14 years old. They, they were fine for the most part. Uh, some of my special ed uh, kids, you know, were not uh, some pa- kids who had parents of first responders were not. So my ELL kids uh, who did not speak English as a first language struggled. I had to make a lot of modifications as a teacher. It was it was it's, it was very difficult. Um, So it's not easy for everybody who's older, but for little kids, we kind of need our son who's going into third grade to grow up a little earlier. And uh, one of the things that we've done over the summer is we've tried to make him do typing practice every day. Um, His writing, his reading's fine. His math has been pretty good. His writing has not been the best. It tend that tended to be the big struggle. And then, of course, the kindergartner would copy his frustration. So even though I thought her motor skills, girls' motor skills, in my experience as a teacher, tends to be very much better than boys at that age. But she would just tend to look at him, struggle with the writing, and then copy it. So, you know, going into this school year, I kind of needed him to be more independent. And so we made him do this typing website that was free through the, the public school. And we've tried to do it every day. Uh, is he great? Nope. Uh, is he better? Yes. And again, that goes back to my earlier point of skills. Typing is a skill. Uh, he saw I, I think he was averaging anywhere from seven to eight words per minute. and nine was the mark for his age and he was never truly hitting it, although he was close. And then I, I went in there and I did double digits. I forget what mine was. And I, and I get the five stars and he gets one. He, the look on his face was like, oh, my God. And I was like, look, I, I took I took a typing class every single year in high school. I mean, this shows you my age. It was with a typewriter my freshman year. And my sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, I took – I was one of the first kids in my high school to take a Microsoft Word, Excel. Oh, I loved Excel. I'm I, I can't believe I learned that my junior year in high school in 1994 and 93. I uh, hey, I credit Ewing High School for that. That really made a different impact on my life. Uh, so and and that really leads me to end with it's all about the skills. Be it typing, be it spelling, be it writing, we have to practice. You know, I wouldn't rattle your brains on grades as much, although I say that and it pains me as a teacher. But our goal right now is to give our kids skills, develop the ones that they're good at and try to refine the ones and grow the ones that they need work on. All right. Hey, this has been Bridge Street. Uh, you've heard me talk for a long time. It's my first time doing kind of a freeform form solo uh, show. I hope you enjoyed it. This is Steve Chernofsky. Take care, everybody.